Let me just recap us. A dare. What about dad? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright. What a What about dad? Hello everybody. Hello. How goes it? Oh my goodness. This is a funny story. We already did this uh, this podcast. <laughs> But uh, my computer crashed and it didn't save it. So we're doing it again. How lucky are you? We're more refined. We're ready to go. Jim, welcome back. Hello, Adair. How are you today? What's going on with Frustrated. you? Frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just have to forgive yourself and move on. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not. It's Apple's fault. I blame them it's highly. It's the logic. Uh, yeah. it, it's, you know, the logic app. Anyways, we are talking about Winona, or I fall to pieces. Um, fun episode. A lot of kind of interesting things. The pacing was interesting, to say the least, but I'm here for it. Um, I really enjoyed this Why Hot shenanigans that we had going on. Um, it was very... I don't know. It was just really... It was fun. It was cool. Um, we got to see a lot of their growth and nice callbacks to the first season and, and things like that. Uh, what were you kind of thinking about with this uh, episode? Well, then? this week, Natalie makes Winona and Nicole clean out his closet of secrets. Sex dungeon! In a ruse, sex dungeon. In a ruse to get them to work together. The power of friendship compels you! Friendship! Friendship! <laughs> Just the perfect friendship! You have Ruby Anyways. in the corner singing, It's trouble, so... <laughs> I know, God. I'm sorry, that was a Supergirl reference. Okay. If you're not watching it, you're fine. fine. It's a past (laughs) podcast reference. Um, Okay, so, oh my god. Oh my god. Winona and Nicole handcuffed together, a la odd couple, a la what else is odd about that? Um, We have the, the fairly odd parents. We have Laverne and Shirley. What is a good duet? Like, who's a good duo? We are. That we know... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you just like softballed that to me we're the best I, duo I, I walked right into that much like that uh, guy character walked into that fishing line in that Ursula episode of One Earth. <laughs> anyway <laughs> just right on into it um, yeah you know it was really fun um, I really like the fact that this episode kind of started off it goes from dark to light you know what I'm saying we have this funny, bubbly, ha-ha-ha things going on. And then at the end of it, some real, you know, bullshit. So, I don't know. If you think about it like like color, you know, the beginning of the episode was like very white and light and bright and happy and, you know, silly and kind of whatever. But as the episode goes on, it got grayer and grayer and, and, and darker and darker. And by the time we end the episode, we are literally on a porch at nighttime with Winona and Doc talking about some really heavy stuff you know and even in the beginning of the episode it's daytime it's light you know and now we get to night i love how the show tends and their lighting design kind of does that yeah tells a story with it does lighting creates a parallel it really does a long day's journey into night (laughs) oh good lord (laughs) you know how like uh episode one of season three we had the vampire and the pink fog the sexy pink fog you know that purple or pink or whatever color it is 
It was very much a color that they use in the comic book, you know? And when I instantly saw that color, I thought, oh, comic book. Oh, right. Let's not take this episode too seriously. It's very Buffy-esque. We're just having a good time because it's ridiculous, you know? And I love the fact that the lighting can, can do that in this show. And, you know, kudos to the lighting designer. Um, but back to Winona and... Nicole. Nicole? Oh, man. Uh, some of their... You know, I, I have an older sister who used to rib me a lot, and I hated it, and I still hate it. So it was really hard for me to watch Winona be so rude to Nicole when she's just trying to get work done. I was like, why are you trying to make her life hard <laughs> for, like, no reason? Like, I, 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 it felt a little out of character, like, almost too mean, like, for no reason. I get the fact that they're, like, opposites, but I don't know. What do you think? It's interesting because I feel like uh, Winona... And Nicole have this older sister, younger sister relationship that feels really authentic in the way they pick on each other. Uh, I feel like in this episode it was made to seem more more than per usual. But I feel like we don't see that between um, what Waverly and Winona. We don't see that happening where there's like sister rivalry or sister older sister kind of picking on baby sister but that exists in the spectrum of relations and i think it's really it's fun but you're right there were moments where it felt like we were pulled out of character like winona was acting out of character or nicole was saying something she wouldn't have usually said an example for me is the line where nicole is telling winona she's not qualified to run a police department uh you're not even qualified to run a chipotle and then winona comes back with guac excuse me a wonderful line but would nicole really say that and is there ever been a proven proof of a chipotle in purgatory i see i just don't <laughs> think it exists not in purgatory it's a little bit too out of character and out of world for me but the line felt like it was it felt like they on purposely like put that line in there just so they could have Winona with the come back with a witty retort, and that was not necessarily that was not necessarily uh, set up as strong. And it felt like we yeah. got a lot of that where it was fun, but at times it fell flat because they were out of character. Yeah, very much so. Also, um, you know, let's talk about Bunny for a bit. You know, they had this. Um, real, you know, piece of shit lady the come city through. Planner. The city planner. The city planner, you know, very umbrage. Member, I think, yeah. Yeah, the umbrage of purgatory, you know, and I think it's really interesting that you know, I I'm waiting for Nicole to be a little rougher, a little less sweet and sugar, like, you know, we liked her because she knew what she wanted. She was kind of just very forward as a person. And to have this kind of planner woman be a complete dick, you would think that Nicole had a little bit more backbone, but I guess the whole point was so that Winona could be the one to kind of tell her off. But I don't know. I just felt like that Nicole should have been fine with that, you know, or at least not even telling her off, just like giving a little bit more resistance than being a pushover, you know? Uh, you know, Bunny has a great line in the episode. I thought it was one of the best lines. You know, Winona goes, are you a, a xenophobe or a homophobe? And she goes with a smile, why pick just one? You know, and I just think that's so terrible, but really entertaining as a line because some people know that they're assholes. 
you know. And she, you know, when she's getting put in the in the uh, the police cruiser to go to the hospital, she's like, oh, I don't want to go to this hospital. There's too many immigrant doctors. It's like, Jesus, she is actually the worst. I, I thought she would have been a great conflict, source of conflict for this episode. I feel like sometimes you don't need the supernatural to highlight the truly miserable. And I think... I would have liked to have spent more time with this character being the villain of the week. But one of the things you, I feel like the show has strayed away from is in season one, Wynonna is the black sheep of the town. No one likes her. She's the party animal. She's the unpredictable. I don't see why a city council woman would, knowing that she is Wynonna or first family member slash harlot slash hellraiser of the town, why would she then just entrust her with being a sheriff? And I mean, well, I mean, no, you could say Jim. you could say her blind hate for xenophobia, homophobia compels her is greater than the than than letting Winona uh, be in charge. But I felt like one of the things that we don't get from Bunny is that recognition of Winona's past in the scene. And I and and it, and it is interesting dealing with pedestrian conflict to see the power dynamic change. So if you want to empower Nicole more, then you put Winona in the pedestrian world, and suddenly Nicole's the deputy. She's been the officer, and the people of the town respect her. But we don't we don't do that enough, and we don't see the pedestrian world enough. So that would be one way to do it to make to shift the power dynamic from it just being Winona, the older sister, picking on, you know, sister-in-law, put them in the pedestrian world, and bam, Nicole is actually, she, well, she's yeah, at the top. Well, yeah, I think with Bunny, she said something, and I just it just clicked with me that it was very much a Trump reference, um, and it's the I- ideal that a lot of people voted for that guy, um, of, she goes, Winona, maybe you should be sheriff. You're a part of the first family, so she's thinking about wealth of the family, like, oh, you have a good status or whatever. She goes, you're a straight shooter. You're a straight talker. You're blunt. And that's what a lot of people loved about the whole Trump thing is that he was a straight shooter. He was blunt, even though he really shouldn't be sheriff or running any kind of thing, let alone a Chipotle. And, you know, I think that that was kind of that call out of, like, I think this woman who's a xenophobe and a homophobe and many of the phobes, uh, she was like, I want you because you're a straight talker. You're a piece of shit. You're not the best, but I think you are better than this gay woman, <laughs> this outsider, you know, this person who doesn't belong here. And that was ultimately what we went through politically in our thing. So I think it was an interesting call. But just even that, parallel. just what you said right now, doesn't it feel like we could have lived with Bunny in a scene exactly like that happening? And you would have had, you would have had more emotional conflict stakes. The stakes would have been higher if you had something like that in this episode. That's where I just feel like this character would have been a great big bad of the week. And I understand why she's not because she's a very famous Canadian singer and songwriter, and so she's always on tour and traveling. So I totally understand. Um, but I mean, a big bad of the why week. Why they don't like get Palmer. She died in one episode. This girl could have been in and out in one episode. Just saying. I do miss the lo- elongated uh, bad guy. I know we have Bolsher, but like 
He's the ultimate bad guy. He's the one who started the curse. Without the curse, we have no shit. Are you saying so, you miss the Mercedes Widow and the Pustulous? I do. I really Pustule. do. I miss having... Well, nobody missed the Pustulous, <laughs> but I do miss having that Widow kind of dynamic where it was all through the season. You had to deal with multiple levels of them. They got to be sneaky. They got to be undercover. Then you got to figure out who they were. Then you got to see them in their full power, and then they finally had the showdown. And that was a few up, you know, weeks in, and I liked that. Even... Waver Gooverly lasted a very long time. You know, I just kind of miss having one person to focus on, not like 18. Yeah, no, oh my god. Can we just pause here? That's a real truth. I love it. That yeah. is... Yeah. You hit it on the head, actually. I think what you said right now was probably the thing that I feel is not working this season for me. It's the thing I yeah. keep talking about it every episode. You know, we're always... You and I are always arguing off the cast about what the conflict is and what the bad guy of the day truly is. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's the problem. It's right there. <laughs> you know, and, um, yeah, like I said, I love the fact that this is a callback to season one when, Waver I mean, Winona and um, Nicole are on the floor drinking beers and Nicole's talking about how she thinks, you know, Waverly should figure out what she wants. Well, now they figure out what she wants. And I love the fact that they talk plainly to each other finally at the end where, Nicole admits that she's been jealous of Winona because Winona gets to be Winona. She gets to be the town fuck up, the town, as you said, harlot, and yet everybody loves her. You know, Nicole doesn't have that. She, you know, is more straight laced. She she needs yeah, a little but bit. But I want to see books. more about what Nicole's open perception is. How the regular people, how people of see her. the town yeah. see Nicole. We know she's upstanding. And there's got to be people who like her and respect her. So far, we've seen her get no respect last season when she went to From Waverly's High School. And, they're, and, 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 and so far, we've seen first families tend to hold a lot of sway. But you're right. I am very curious to see how Natalie's cultivated Nicole into, into his heir and into what her public persona is. In this community because also if, if you think about it nedley you know he's uh as bunny says a son of a bitch because you know he's been keeping secrets he's been working hard he's been both dealing with purgatory nonsense and the regular purgatory and you know he's a lot more wily i think than nicole is you know he's he's more like a winona nicole mix you know he's a rebel like uh, winona but straight laced like nicole so I think that's really fascinating, you know, and now we have this kind of fully straight-laced person, and that's going to be interesting. You know, I think Winona's most likely going to try and, um, she's going to try to kind of overstep, and, you know, there's going to be, I bet, an episode where she tries to overtake uh, Nicole's kind of position, because even sometimes with Nedley, she's, you know, says things to Nedley, but she trusts Nedley. So I think that's going to be what's going to happen now, you know. Um, much like, yeah, no, I just think that's the case. Um, as far as the Nedley and Nicole thing, that was a beautiful scene. We called it, and I knew he was the one who saved her, or at least I felt like it, because he, early episodes said, hey, I scouted you out. And I was like, why would he scout somebody for purgatory unless he had something to do with her? So as soon as we found out she had this backstory thing, I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. That yeah, was that was a prediction we made very, very early in the season that it was. Yep. That was absolutely a prediction. 
Our TV watching prowess has come through for us. A, yeah. a yeah. for you, A for Neen, we win. Yeah. And so I, anyways, I liked I liked their whole thing. We were saying that, you know, it would have been fun too, instead of all the demon-ish things, once again, the whole demon of the week, it'd been great to see them go through the shenanigans of the black of the broken mirror in the pedestrian world. You know, the frat boy still in the cop car. That's a pedestrian kind of conflict. Um, maybe, you know, I don't know, black cats and all kinds of whatever. So, I don't know. It'd have been really cool to see. Um, I don't know. It'd been really cool to see more things happen in that world. It didn't have to be um, just with the demons. I mean, I like the gnome and all that stuff at the end. I thought it was like, whatever. They had some great moments. It, it allowed Winona and Nicole to um, say good things about each other. But yeah, I don't know. I wanted more adventure outside of the kind of demon thing. You could even have, you could even have made the no the campaigning for sheriff for Nicole last a whole season. It could have been a thing where it lasted a season, and we could have it could it could absolutely bring us into the world and use her again as that balance in between because she's existed now on team Winona and she herself has left that pedestrian world and so we didn't have those people we 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 lacked people and i think what this show could really use is people who are going to solely exist for the sake of maintaining the world which is purgatory and moving on i think that Natalie would be really good for that role. He could, in his retirement, find himself working at the bar, which is seemingly unmanned all the time. Or Mama Earp could just be another player who exists in this world. Who? Is yeah, like I'm really down for Nedley and Mama Earp getting together. You totally Forget Julian. Them. That's like your thing. I do. You know, I do. What's, what's I mean, the she... ship name? For, what's their ship name? Mama. Uh, I, I am Mama no idea. Nedley. Uh, Nedley Mama. No. No, uh, <laughs> you gotta leave the mama and uh, the keep it creepy. <laughs> Michelle and Nedley. Well, technically it's Michelle and Randy. Uh, no, it's Mama. Uh, uh, mama something. Mama cop. Mama cop. I don't know. Yeah, that's actually really good. I like that one. Who knows? But uh, no, I like them together. I think you know he has a reverence for her as a Gibson, and and who knows? Maybe and unlike Gus, who was like, "I'm retiring," and then we never saw her again. That'd be kind of cool if he does retire and then comes back and helps out more of a unofficial Nedley, you know, vacation Nedley as we have uh, in the fandom. Um, I really like the fact that he's kept a vault of stuff secret the entire time, all these years of things that could be terrible and, and not, you know, like how he had a whole sex dungeon, as we said, of stuff. And it's like, what you kept all this and i feel like nicole's gonna be that next person that she's gonna be like i don't know where this ring's going but i'm gonna keep it maybe the ring even though it's gonna defeat balsher maybe after all or whoever maybe that will be the first kind of relic she keeps in a, in a vault and we start seeing that she's almost become this new nedley you know which i'm here for. i think it'd be yeah. interesting to see what she chooses to do with it because nedley always felt like he had to cover up but i feel like it would be interesting to see Nicole take her, make her own choice. You know, the people of Purgatory all seem to be aware that their town is inhabited by supernatural things. It'd be interesting if it became 
not a secret? What if what, yeah. what if she was just to allow these things to exist? What if she's the keeper it, of the sanctuary? Well, it's kind of like the Iron Man kind of philosophy, you know. People were like, who's Iron Man? Who's Iron Man? And they were like, don't tell the public because, you know, we got to keep it under wraps. And he was like, I don't have time to deal with the cleanup of lying. So he goes as a press conference and goes, by the way, I'm Iron Man. And everybody loses their shit. I feel like Nicole should do the same. Right. Like, hey, hey, guys of Purgatory, this place is full of demons. It's hot. you knew that. That's fucking Yeah. That's why the real estate you know? is so cheap here. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I feel like people will be like, kind of much like she was. She goes, just tell me the truth. Something's going on here. Bunny. Like, I'm not Bunny an idiot. Bunny said that, right? She was no, like, no. Um, Bunny in the beginning, when, beginning of the episode? No, no. When last season, last season, though. Oh. Like, when uh, Nicole was getting together before she finally started dating. Oh, no. First season. Before Waverly and her kissed, she was asking in that weird third-hand awkwardness scene where she was like, something's going on in the town. She's like, yeah, you're a lesbian. She's like, wait, what? And she's like, wait, what? You know, uh, and she also, just wanted to know what was going on. You had in this episode going on. Bunny saying the same thing. You have just people seemingly aware that their town is, it's inhabited. Yeah. But yeah, something's going on. It'd be kind of cool to see that be a little bit more honest, but much like Winona said, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You don't really want to know what's going on. You know, so maybe she does say to a point, yeah, it's a special place with special talents. Don't go digging into it or you'll be screwed. But, like, you know, maybe that's the thing. I, I, I don't know. Um, I really enjoyed their their duet, this whole, you know, this duo kind of this whole episode. And I love the fact that we've paired everybody up. You know, we have Winona, Nicole, Nicole, Nedley, and then we have Mama, Earp, and Doc. How did you feel about their kind of goings-on as well in this episode? Um, I think that I was a little sad to see Mama Earp leave. We've only had her two episodes, and she, I think, really, really anchors uh, both Waverly and Wayne. It just adds a new element into their world that's interesting to see them interact with. It's interesting to see what happens when Winona is with her mother versus when Waverly is with her mother. And I don't think she spent enough time with them. So that was really, it was sad to see her wanting to leave. And it, it made me like, it made me feel like bad for Waverly because of the two of them. She really does seem to get the, um, she really seems to get the, the most lack of closure in that relationship. Uh, it felt like with Jock and Mama Earp, they both uh, share the theme of abandoning people for love or abandoning for the sake of love. That seems to be the thing that they had in common, hence why they ended up in scenes together this week. And it's interesting. I, I feel like we're going to see Mama Earp again before the end of the season. My prediction is that she'll return to fight Balshar or for the final battle, whatever that is. I think that um, a few things with Mama Earp. Um, you said, you know, they fought for love, and I think it's that excuse of why Nicole lied to Waverly when she had her, her DNA results. She goes, I, I was just protecting you. They, I don't really think it's an excuse. They're leaving for love, which I think is a bullshit excuse. I think that's the same idea of saying I lied to you to protect you. What? That makes no sense. That's a selfish thing. It's They're doing it out of selfishness. You know, Doc might have a bigger idea of why he became a vampire, but he really looks like he's screwed up. It looks like he went on a drinking bender. He felt bad about himself. He made... Like, somebody, who was it? Emily, she might have mentioned this. 
it was like getting a really bad tattoo of a sailor you met one night you know you're like i put this sailor's name on my on my back because i thought it was true love and i woke up and he was gone and it was stupid that's what this vampirism is you know and i think mama is doing kind of the same thing where i think you know doc is doing the same thing it's no that's it's forever no, I know, that's what I'm saying, but they're both doing that thing, leaving for love, doing something stupid Abandoning for love. It's like, love, yeah. yeah, it's like, no, that's that's not an excuse. That's a, that's a bullshit excuse. It's not a real reason, you know? It's like, oh, I'm leaving you for love. No, you, you fight for love. You don't leave it. That's stupid. Um, but Mama knows, like, what Doc is. She calls him out on being a vampire. She calls him out for being a pussy when he's all cold in the in the forest. You know, she calls him out for trying to be above it all now, when really he's not. Now, do you think she could see his vampireness, or do you think she sensed it? Where do you think it comes from? I think she senses stuff. I think that's also probably why Julian picked her to be with, because I don't think she's a regular human either. Um, I think that her sensibilities and watching and seeing and kind of hearing these demons and maybe she figured out how they work, you know? Like I said, the one thing I love about Mom in this episode, she calls it out. She says, it takes a monster to defeat a monster. So she sees that Doc is a monster that might be able to f- defeat Bolshar. Also, Bobo, she let him out. And when Doc goes like, what the hell, are you, are you crazy? She goes, yeah, a little bit crazy. But I know that you two monsters can take on the big guy. You know, that's you ultimately that what Doc she's thinking. Do you think that Doc became a vampire to take on Bolshar? Or do you think I it's think... more because he is this is very interesting it's about his intent i guess is he in it for self-preservation or is he in it for self-sacrifice you know we know that mama earth and doc both are abandoning for love right but are they doing it out of sacrifice or are they doing it out of self-preservation that has yet to be revealed because i i don't know i think that doc is it's a bit of both um kind of like yeah i mean really it's the idea of at the time no he didn't think being a vampire was a good idea he only wanted to be a vampire because kate said the words i need you winona had yet to say i need you i want you i love you and kate had been saying that the whole time and so he needed that he was being vulnerable and weak at that point of like i just need that validation and so being turned to a vampire he's like great i'll live forever he wasn't thinking about the long-term things. Now, mind you, he did it, and instantly you see the regret on his face later. Like, he's like, crap, what did I do? But I think that now he knows, oh, I've done this terrible thing that's ruined this part of my relationship. Maybe at least I can use it. If I've screwed up this best, I can use it for good, which means I can use it for defeating Balshar. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? He says, if I'm going to go to hell, I'm going to take you with me. So I think in that resolve, it was a little bit of both. I don't think um, it's going to end well for Doc, period. I don't think so either. But uh, as I've always said, my prediction is that because they're the same side of the same, you know, different sides of the same coin, Doc and Bobo, I think that, you know, Robert Spain was a good man. John Holiday was a bit of a dick. Doc Holiday now is trying to be a good man. And, and Robert Spain, now Bobo, is a bit of a dick. But I think that they're the same type of person. Just literally, same size of different coins. So I think that maybe at the end, Bobo actually, his Robert Spain comes out and he becomes a better man. And 
I think that Doc embraces that he's not a better man and can save the world and sacrifice himself. So he does a noble thing, but it's by embracing how terrible he is that he succeeds. And I think Bobo will win by embracing how good he is. You know? I also believe that Doc is on path to be the sacrificial lamb in the end. Just doesn't feel like he's gonna retire on a ranch with Alice to be teaching no. her to shoot bottles. Or maybe he will fake die and just watch her from afar, but I think be that... Like an angel. Yeah, maybe one of those things, but yeah. I, I, well, hey, he might, like I said, might be that reverse of Bobo. How Bobo was Waverly's, maybe Doc ends up being Alice's. Who knows? But I think that, yeah, they're the same thing. And I love the fact that Mama just knows that. Also, Bobo is not full of shit. He, the guy tells the truth a lot. He might be a dick, but he tells the truth a lot. So having, you know, like we don't know the conversation between Mama Earp and Bobo to make her go look for Julian. He said something weird to Waverly to me, at least it rang bells in my ear, when he was like, you know, she goes, do you know where my father is? He's like, oh, only a few can get to him or like only a few can see him or whatever. I think that he is still in purgatory. I just think nobody knows exactly what he is. Maybe he is that angel statue. Maybe he is stuck in something else and they, you have to be a certain type. I feel like Julian and Bolshare are both fallen angels. That's my personal prediction. I think that they are kind of like maybe a Michael and a Gabriel, something like that, where they both fell. It's because, you know what really interests me is the fact that the Bolshar's ring is reje rejecting Doc, and Doc is technically a demon having been bit by the vampire, right? So, and, and, and the ring accepts Nicole, and Nicole is seemingly good. So if you like look at what the ring rejects versus accepts, so the ring itself isn't a source of evil. It's a source for good. And yeah. the thing that Balshar is, is a source of evil. So you, my thought was, if he was good at one point, he was an angel who fell into hell, then the ring, it would make sense that the magical item he had was still something you can use for good to destroy Balshar, which is what Doc wanted it for, and why it protects things. And I don't know, that was my thought. That was like my little... My little yeah, no, feeling. and it makes... I, I think that makes perfect sense, you know? And I, I like the fact that we have these things. I love the fact that he goes, should I feel bad for you? And she goes, of course not. Like, we're not those people, you know? And and uh, with Doc and Mama. And I, I love the fact that she just knows what a bastard he is. And I think he slightly respects the fact that she... That he now knows that she knows he's a bastard, you know? Uh... And he tries to do this whole, Winona's not going to love me or accept me. And she goes, please. She's liked you this far. Even for whatever you did, she'll probably still like you. I don't you know? believe that. I just feel I like. I don't either. I feel like, I feel like Doc's crossed some lines of, of likability. And I understand. Doc has crossed some lines. I understand Winona needing to decompress with Charlie at this moment. Do I wish it was Charlie? No. But. I think he's boring. I'm, I'm like, fine whatever, with he's it cute, because I guess. I think Doc is toxic. <laughs> he's yeah, crossed that's into the toxicity. I think we're all okay with her, like, hooking up with somebody else to get, like, a fresh, you know, rebound thing under her. But, like, at the same time, I'm kind of just, like, I don't want to see a new character that has nothing to do. I agree. I don't want to see a character who's an extra, union extra of the day with, like, barely a name, no backstory, exist because it's, it's for no reason. 
But, um, like I love Robin's thing. I want to see more of that because the guy's going to be turned into a tree. I you know, really besides like he's cute with, you know, Jeremy, it's like he actually has a tie to ball shirt, like and the plot. I would like to hear more about that. I just, <laughs> you know, you know another area is like I still like this beginning of the episode cemented it for me that we really didn't. I wish they oh, it just drives me crazy. I wish they connected the fireman stories. They destroyed the fire department and now it's just brim it's brimming it's full where are they getting these fire people from i'm sorry this is a side note this is a gen tangent it just really really bothers me i've talked about this in maybe three other casts okay <laughs> you can continue. i get it you can continue i get it i just feel like that's I... a thread that's been left so open and it's an example of bringing people in them leaving the show and just not Tying it together and it drives me crazy. So, okay. Purgatory yeah, no, I, fire department's a hot mess. Hot mess. They are. They really <laughs> and are. And Nicole wants none of it. None of it. You know it. what this episode uh, needed more of? Just let me throw it hmm. out there. Need more way hot. I just, I just did. I was like. It it needed more way hot. Um, it always needs way hot. It doesn't much matter. Tying, putting gnomes and mirrors together when I could have just had some of. Adorable. Although to be what? honest, there was a lot of wife talk in this episode at the end. And I, I was like, really? yes. Can you give me more um, clues? Clues. I think Nicole's yeah. gonna ask Waverly to marry her. I think so. I too. feel like I, mean, I feel like it's coming. It's just like it's. I mean, it's been a year and change, and I don't know. I I feel Nicole it. Nicole says that, I love you way too much and casually for that to not be making it real forever and ever right and i mean for christ's sake they found each other in a different universe like they're gonna be together and, but and then it'd be so good they get married and then like the hell of bullshit arises oh and it, like well speaking of mary people. like you know waverly's promise to bullshit and waverly also was married to some kind of skull thing in the first season i don't know but uh we'll figure it out you know what i'm saying um I think that also something for you guys, did how did you hear it? You know, when the demon was, the revenant, was holding the, the girls, you know, kind of like by the neck. And uh, Winona's like, I'll miss Macaulay Culkin. And it's like, tell Waverly I love her. It's like, great, don't make me look like the asshole. You know, that's the cool thing about it is that um, Nicole's last words to the world are... You know, tell Waverly I love you, love her or whatever, and I think that's great. You know, um, I think it's funny that you know they they do a little planting of seeds. I just want to see what happens when um, I don't know what's the word. I, I I can't wait to find out what happens when you know marriage is in the thing. Like when once Balshar shows up. Is he going to be like, you're mine, Waverly? And Nicole's like, fuck that. She's my gal. Are we writing a fan I don't know. Just kidding. I am. I am. <laughs> uh, but I really like the idea of the fact that they're bringing up this marriage thing. And I love the fact uh, uh Kat's face. Oh, man, she had some good faces in this episode. But her face when Winona's like, and she's good in bed. I can hear her because the walls are thin in our house. And she's like, what? <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, the embarrassment. And... I don't know about you guys, but that whole last episode, the Christmas thing, of you can hear them doing it, I was like, oh, my God. Wow. That's like, 
I, I did not know that the was sound editing editor. was all over that episode. Fingerprints also, everywhere. I just want to, <laughs> right? I just think it's funny because, like, as an actor, I know good and well sitting there next to, like, in the ADR booth <laughs> with, you know, your other co-star actor and you guys are just, like, making sex noises had to be the funniest, most uncomfortable thing they've done in a while. <laughs> you know? Just like, Do you think they, and, they sat together, or it was like one at a time? You make your grunts. Okay, we got it. Sound check. Good. Uh, now you, you make know, your grunts. It could have been, but now, depending now on how much sound time edit together. <laughs> I mean, who because knows? Because there was so little so weight hot, we've been, we've been, we've been resorted to this. Just speculating. Well, I mean, about look, sound editing. Well, no, I mean, I think it's just funny. That's why, as an actor, because it makes me embarrassed. Like I'm uncomfortable doing things like that. I mean, I'll do it, obviously, because I'm an actor, but, like, doing that is awkward. I'm going to need to get Very you much drunk so I can be, like, hey Make there. me do sex noises? Do no, the thank noise you. On the, on the no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you, but no. No, thank you. Thank you, Jen. No, thank you. <laughs> no TV sex uh, noises. Not real ones. No, Come on. thank you. Neither are my choice. You're an actor. Thank Yes, but are you paying me? No, that's cool. <laughs> no. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, I love that. I love that fact that actors can do that. Um, but yeah, no way hot in this episode, which it was fine, whatever. Uh, we'll get it, I'm sure, next week. Um, so much. It's just like a lot. It's a lot, this episode. There was some good things. Jeremy and uh, Waverly's humor kind of fell flat. It was what it was. It was just there so that we can see their faces. I... I didn't need any less. I didn't need. I mean, I could always do more, but I didn't need. I feel like Jeremy you know, was what it was. did the win of the week, and I'm saying win. I'm refer- referencing win from Supergirl, where it was like, I there's a bunch of shit on the floor from the closet, and they're like, oh my, I wonder why, why Nona and Nicole are having such a hard time in life. Let me pull this pin out of a haystack, this needle out of a haystack, this this thing out of my butt. And it's the exact thing that is going to resolve their conflict in the moment, which is these broken bits in a mirror being pasted back together, these broken gnomes. It was so convenient. Yeah, it was way too convenient. It was, I was con- like, it was really, really, really a co- convenient way to resolve conflict. And it was so, so much so that it was just kind of silly. And I was, and there was a moment where I was just like, what? You know, like, Really? Really? Is that where, how we're arriving to this conclusion? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we like all their quips and things like, I don't know. It just was what it was. I was just like, all right, I'm not surprised. I'm I'm just kind of like whatever on it. But, I mean, the whole focus was really, um, you know, Nicole Winona and Winona and Doc and Mama. And really uh, kind of going on to the end of this episode, the Winona and Doc scene, I thought was exactly what we needed. And like we said before, I for me, I think this is exactly a restart of the relationship. I think it's a good way to kind of start at square one with this mother, um, knowledgeable Winona, and this new vampiric Doc. And yeah, you know, I think that it's now their romance is now going to take a backseat and we'll get more story now which I'm excited about. I was so excited to see Wynonna showing Doc the door. His stupid, stupid choices have led him to this. That was actually very active, and I felt like it was a great dramatic beat, and it 
and, and one of the best like length uh, piece of dialogue in the whole show was when she was like, John Henry, you are you know no longer welcome in my house. I thought that was so good. Really, that was the real "you shall not pass" moment. That's when you know you've created a strong beat. Is it? it you feel it. You can feel it. It's a gut punch. I thought that was I a loved, great you know, scene. It really was. I loved also just the the image of Melanie afterwards when she closed the door and you see the look of because he did kind of like lunge at her, um, a little bit of fear, like oh my god, he's a monster, and then disbelief, sadness, heartbreak. Um, there's just a lot of emotions on her face that I. I read and I thought that was absolutely great. You know, to go from this silly ass um, episode to that moment, I thought I thought it was very strong. So, um, all overall, what are you giving this episode? Give it a six and a half. I enjoyed the emotional beats between Doc and Winona, the last scene specifically, the comedy between Nicole and Winona. Nicole and Nudley's stuff was very moving, and I loved being right about the predictions. Thought. Waverly and Jeremy, I thought their lines were kind of cheesy. The Gandalf references, annoying. <laughs> Go on. True. Um, I think I would give this. Um, at first I was gonna give it a seven, but now I think I'm gonna uh, agree with your six and a half. Where it, all, overall, I enjoyed it. Like I had a good time watching it. There were some things I really loved about it, and there were some things that I was like, meh. Like I didn't dislike it. I just had no emotion. I was very neutral about it. Um, you know, and that's the stuff that is like so cheesy that I'm like, well, it's here because that's the kind of show we're in. Um, so I just kind of moved on from it, but I can't wait for it to get gritty. We're a little bit over halfway done with the season, so I, I want to see a little bit more higher stakes can't and wait more pedestrian. To life. see the way Hot Wedding with Alex Danvers as Gus, uh, Gus part sitting sitting with the family side, sitting with family. <laughs> I hope I get to. I hope I get to see. Uh, more of Nicole's family and like what her deal is. Her older sister also, is Alex Danvers. Her mom <laughs> is Bo Dennis. Oh, good lord! <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I actually can't wait until Anna Silk shows up too because it's like, what is she gonna bring to this thing? Oh, good lord! It's gonna She's be gonna great. Be the mother of Nicole, her bosom, her get her daughter, give her a hug in the bosom. Who knows? I also um, I'm looking forward to. Um, oh, I, I wasn't thinking. It wasn't a Nicole thing. It was. Oh, dang it. I lost my train of thought. Um, there was something I was really looking forward to in this. Uh, oh, Kate. I'm looking forward to Kate and seeing next week's episode of them, Winona and her, having to deal with each other. Um, in the steals that we saw in the beginning of the season, I thought, oh, maybe this going to be a new friend or a new ally. And now it seems more like I, I need to know why she's there. Because, once again, I don't get why she's there anymore. Um to find, to have your husband, to run away from Balshar, to not be seen by the vampires? Like, what's your deal? Like, I don't, not even like the, oh, I'm intrigued, what's your deal? Like, I don't get why she's there, other than to be a scorned wife after 186 years. Like, get over it. She needs a he more has a new feminist girlfriend. reason to exist. I'm more, uh, yeah. Modern, actually. modern. She's been alive for a while. Yeah, she's been, a, she should know a lot more, especially being a vampire, like, Come on, madam. Why are you here? Don't, like, I'm over it already. I was like, at first the, the, the card, you know, foreshadowing was great. And seeing all that and that oracle type feel, I was here for that. But it's not been seen. It's not been utilized. So I'm hoping that this next episode we get way more into what 
her deal is because so far I liked her and I was here for her afro and everything she stood for because she's super hot but like I don't get why her character's here so alright yeah yeah anyways any last thoughts Jen? no um that's it I think I think we I think we laid it all out on the cast we made it through cast number two alright guys uh, have a good one and we will chat with you make sure to uh, hit us up on all the social medias and uh, we'll See you guys later. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, write them uh, in the comments. If this is YouTube, write them, you know, in the comment section below. See you guys later. Thanks for listening. And if you want to take us on the go, we are now available on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. And if you want to slide on over to Twitter, hit us up at whatabout underscore dat. Hope to see you soon.